This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What is up, To The Point listeners? It's the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Chris Yano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. What's up, brother? Yano, how are you doing? I didn't man? say anything mean about you, bro. I just, you know, I just went right into Tall Paul Redman. Calling me a lean, mean, mom jeans wearing machine isn't mean, okay? <laughs> I did, yeah, that was previous. I don't but you're right, you that. did not call me that. But I, Well, listeners, um, we have a, we got a repeat guest on the show. Family. We're talking about family. We're, talking We're not about talking family. about guests. Practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah, so we don't bring a guest back on unless... They got great results the first time around. And what does great results look like? That means people reaching out to us, leaving reviews, and telling us how amazing it was and how it impacted you. So, listeners, we brought my man, my friend, Mr. Uncle Joe Crisara, back on the show from Service MVP. Uncle Joe, what's up, brother? Hey guys, how's it going there, man? I'm so pumped up and ready to go. It's like I, it's like I just ran out of the curtain at the at the in, behind the under, underneath the stadium, and I'm on the court right now, and uh, the music's playing, and I'm Hell ready yeah. ready for this thing to begin, brother. Wait, right. wait, wait, the music's playing. <laughs> what is the what's the listen? What's the music, man? Like, what is it? What is Uncle Joe's yep. theme song? You know what? I'm so pissed. I should have prepared for this. Producer I could have come up with some really Ryan. good stuff. <laughs> Producer Ryan, you have time. What would be a great song for? Uncle Joe to come into. Oh God, you're going to put him under the, un, like, n- don't worry about it. Joe, what would your song be? What would this entrance song be? You know, I probably like some Foo Fighters, you know, like no Walk, kidding. you know, like oh. that by Foo Fighters, something like that. And they're, white, white, some white limo for the Foo Fighters, you know, something like that. I would have never in a million years thought you'd pick Foo Fighters. Right? This is so good. Tear it up. I like this. I like like your energy. This is fantastic. Well, welcome back, my friend. Hey, you know what? There's just an important event coming up. I don't know if you've heard of it, Uncle Joe. My birthday? (laughs) I have heard of it. I have. And it's called... Go ahead. Tell tell us what it is. It's called True Grit Service Sales Summit, and it's in Viva Las Vegas. (laughs) Brian, I just saw you singing that as I sang (laughs) it. I saw you live singing it. That was fantastic. Uh, and it's at the Golden Nugget, and it is September 22nd through 24th. And uh, what do you know about that event there, Uncle Joe? Well, it's a uh, it's a it's a conglomeration and a collaboration of some of the uh, fastest moving, uh, most decisive people in the service business. Tommy Mello, uh, who started out uh, and grew his his company into a empire, a nationwide empire for Garage Door. Uh, Ishmael Valdez, uh, Dennis. Snow, who is from the dis the di- who designed the Disney customer service experience, which is amazing. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing that one myself. I can I'm just sitting right in the front row and take notes myself. So uh, we also have some of the lesser known people, uh, the three million dollar plumbing plumber Dylan Moya. We have a guy who's a two million dollar electrician Joe Lucani. We've got uh, Jason Walker, the J Dub moneymaker from uh, oh, you know the, the, his podcast and his, he, he's, he's one of my he's one of my sort of a semi competitor, but I still refer him because he's so good. Yeah. Uh, so I have I have no problem referring people as long as it works, you know. Hey, you're forgetting <laughs> so, a couple of key people here, Uncle Joe. A couple of key people. I was, I was I'm saving the bat the best for last, guys. I Come like on. it. And then we're gonna have uh, of course 
there's going to be the special on-site podcast with the with the to the point podcast live and on stage we're going to do the podcast and paul redman did i just get invited to vegas and chris yano oh oh, paul i assumed you were going to be there i mean we maybe we'll consider it and that's it of course we're going to get we're going to drag you there somehow so we'll get your room and everything like that a little sweet mini sweet chris and i'll share you ain't getting shit It's a pretty big suite we're giving. It's, you're kind of a big deal. You guys know that, right? <laughs> Not really. I just need a tall suite. You should get a T-shirt that says that. Like, you kind know, of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. You know. Well, um, what's think? Obviously, I, I think that you have. Uh, yeah, I mean, doing the live podcast. I think it just makes we got to really lock down, and we want our guests to be to make it like. I've had. I've got a couple ideas, um, and then uh, day two, man. Day two is. Uh, my day, right? I'm speaking on day two. Is that the day I think I'm on? I can't remember if it's day one, day two. I think it's day two. Day two, I think we figured. So right. you'd have some time to go from one event to the other. Yep. You're doing a, you're doing like one of those things where you fly in like Oprah. And exactly. You, yep. I'm literally flying, thing, in, you know? flying in that morning speaking, but I'm on day two. So I'm excited to see any of our listeners that are going. And, and I know there's a, a big group of people that are attending um, already, which is great. And I would encourage you to go because there's, um, it's going to be some amazing sales training. Um, I love being able to be a part of it. Um, and, and, it's one of those deals where it's, it's not a, uh, you can say whatever you want to say. It's a, it's a, a be authentic type of event. Um, and, and I'm excited, man. And plus for me, it's only a, you know, 30, 30 minute flight. So pretty easy, but well, I'm excited know, I, for you. I, I, here's the best way I can sum it up guys. When we had the event last time we had it two years ago before the pandemic, we had one like this and everybody told me, they said, during the event, I just kept thinking to myself, I may never be in a room with people like this again. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best way to sum it up is that, uh, you know, you go to a normal industry event and it's like uh, everybody's kind of lying about how they're doing. Yeah. This is the event where everybody tells that they bring the truth, right? The, the bad, good and ugly. And you're going to see some people here who really just get traction with their business. And uh, all the all you have established businesses out there who wonder how these young guys are doing it. Well, instead of being in denial, you could find out, right? And all you younger guys who are startups, like, how can I be like these guys? Well, the funny thing about these guys is they would help you. They're not, yep. they're not, that's a funny, it's a weird part about the younger generation. It's like, uh, everybody thinks they're like, oh, that can't be real or that's phony or whatever. But truthfully, it's real because I've been actually to the places and seen uh, so many of these places yeah. now. It's real profit, not BS bullshit profit. It's real profit, and uh, and these people are about the most uh, sharing uh, individuals that will tell you the truth and secret sauce and give it to you. Uh, now, doing something about it is up to you. Oh yeah, you will, you will get that secret sauce when you come there. But both marketing, sales, image, branding, uh, you know, leadership, um, the, uh, guys like Chris and Paul. You know, things like that. You guys are going to help us, uh, you know, show people how to have courage when you lead. That's really the biggest thing. I think a lot of people lack is that courage, you know, and that's kind of like our subject today is really uh, getting the courage to do what's right. Even if it's not popular, it's definitely the right thing to do. You know? Yeah. And and I want to say there is no way you go to this event and don't walk away with a, at least a tool to, move your business significantly forward. There's just no way unless you go and take notes and don't do shit when you get back. There's no way. So like, you know, to Joe's point, you got to be able to apply it, you, you know, get to apply yourself. So, um, but again, listen, and some of these companies you're talking about too, you've had the, you've had the pleasure of working with and helping them scale and grow. I mean, you, you have such a great, um, credible reputation in the industry and, and, you know, you and I have, you know, mutual customers we work together on and listen, my customers are, I can bring in, 
you know, a lead for them, track the lead that can do all this stuff. But once it gets in house, if they can't get it done, it does me no good either. Cause I need them to grow. Well, that's where uncle Joe has come in and been able to help with these different things for years, which is he's earned that credibility, earned that reputation. And so what I like to be able to do on this particular podcast is start to share some of these things. Now, um, we're going to talk about kind of creating a culture of accountability and accountability is a, is a big missing ingredient in a lot of companies because there's different layers of accountability. Um, not just you, you know, being accountable for yourself, but leaders being accountable for, um, you know, managers and managers being accountable for employees. There's a lot of different levels of accountability. And so, but there's also some fundamental things that, you know, that can be done that no matter if you're one guy or a hundred guys or whatever it is, or gals, um, that you can implement these things to start to move your business forward. So that's kind of what we're going to hit on today. Uncle Joe is our creating, you know, creating this culture of accountability. Um, and now let's ask right up front then, what, what do you mean exactly by the word? Um, like what is Uncle Joe's exact meaning of the word accountability in a company? Well, you know, for most companies, when people are doing things right, accountability means celebrating, right? If you... Uh, if we have a training program or orientation or onboarding program and somebody uh, goes through the program and they graduate, uh, we have a celebration and that's accountability. So accountability is uh, a celebration most of the time. And that celebration with accountability should be in public so everybody can get a boost of self-esteem to get what's called the intangible word confidence because what is confidence uh, gained by? It's gained by doing things right, being acknowledged by other people as an expert. That's why I have confidence. I have confidence because everybody tells me I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I see the results. The results are the re- I do things that work. And when I see it works, then I feel confident to do more of it. I'm not, I don't have to hide it or feel exposed because I know it's going to work, right? So just like you guys are in the field out there doing HVAC or plumbing or anything you do, garage doors, anything you're doing, if you feel competent at it and you graduate from a certain level, like, okay, now I got my own truck. Now I've graduated. You know, sometimes you celebrate by here's the keys to your truck, right? So that's accountability because you've now shown me that you have enough to do that. Uh, accountability also is another mixed bag, which is when things don't go the way they should, or the person doesn't do what they were trained to do, then we have to stop and have that person either get coached or make them do it again till they are accountable to doing it right. Right. So, uh, and this was called a high leverage activity, HLA, high leverage. And a guy named Tony Jerry told me about this. He's a great uh, friend of mine uh, who uh, he mentored me for a little bit uh, about high leverage activities. What is a high leverage activity? It's something where you're saying, uh, we're not going to give somebody something else to do unless they do the last one right. And so that's accountability in a nutshell. Celebration in public when things go great. And when you have a challenge, you pull them off to the side, you stop, stop the machine fix it and do it right. And then you can go on to the next activity. And the key is to do it without being frustrated or uh, angered uh, because people did it wrong. Uh, Because a job of an owner is accountability and accountability should be done with joy. It shouldn't be done with uh, anger or frustration or things like that. Make sense? It does. It it does. Yeah. What's the process for teaching a leader or a business owner or a manager how to effectively apply accountability because I could see accountability being misapplied and the recipients being confused. 
Well, you know, accountability, that's why it turns into anger and frustration. Mostly the anger is, is faced at yourself and it's a self-inflicted wound. And so when somebody under our charge doesn't do well, most of the time we blame ourselves because we simply didn't train the person. So number one, accountability accountability is the end of the process, right? We evaluate and we have accountability. Hey, this guy is killing it. He just give him a hand, you know, send him a dinner. That's accountability, right? Get, get, get him a, get him a gift certificate or something. Uh, that's accountability. And oh my God, this guy sucks. Let's look at what he's doing. Now we figure out what he's doing wrong. We got to fix it. Um, but here's, here's, here's the, 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 the way that this works. There's like four pillars of accountability. Number one is training because without training, we can't hold somebody accountable to something they never learned. Number two, coaching, which means, okay, we did training. Let's keep you on track. And then, you know, keep somebody on track. You got to re re-graduate them basically because uh, they got off track on the graduation. They, they graduated, but they kind of forgot what they learned. Right. And then at the, an evaluation of all that, like I trained the guy, I had to coach him a little bit and now he is killing it. Now he's kind of on autopilot. Now with that, what emerges out of the third after, after accountability, here's, here's the final piece that the fourth piece, which is I now know I have the right person. So training, coaching, accountability, and if it all works out good, I have the right person or this may be the wrong person for me, right? Uh, because if I have to keep holding people negatively accountable in private and it's taking up too much energy on the management team's part, then I'm like, well, I'm worried about this one guy, but I got 17 guys to worry about. <laughs> so I can't keep holding him privately accountable and giving him my personal attention. There's a limit to that. And the limit is where the coach feels like, uh, it's not going to do any good anymore. I kind of quit on trying to help this guy. And this is the dangerous part, guys. Most owners just like, I'm sick of looking at that guy or that woman or that girl, oh, whoever yeah. it is, right? And they're like, they don't even engage anymore. They're like, I ain't even talking to him. Meanwhile, you're still paying them on payroll. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, the, it's, that's the dysfunction of every company. That's, if I could say the cyclical dysfunction, we think we trained them, but they didn't quite graduate. Just get them in a truck because we're busy. And then the guy screws up and then we like blame ourselves and like, he should know better. He's got common sense. And then he doesn't have common sense. Nobody does. And then uh, we yell at him, scream at him. You should know better than that. What the hell's wrong with you? Get your shit together. Right. And then you're angry and the guy, the guy, even the message being brought with anger is like, all people hear is my boss is an asshole. That's, that's all they hear. They, they don't hear the message at all that you came in late or that you screwed up the job. All they hear is, man, who could work for a guy like that? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and he goes back and tells everybody else, did you see how he screamed at me? Uh, and then, then, then the message goes on about you being a maniac rather than the uh, the person needing to improve. Yeah, he sense. sucks to work for. He's an asshole or she's an asshole. Because when you indulge in anger, uh, anger is not part of accountability. There's no part. There's no a boss who indulges in anger. He's I call it, he's eating his own disease is what he does that. He's basically creating his own problem uh, because he's he, his ego is his amigo. He wants to show that I'm important and you need to please me and you're making me look bad those are things that are not part of people development. You know, uh, people development is that knowing people are going to struggle being there to support them and have their unconditional support and friendship through the struggle. And then tell them, I got your back as long as you are making an effort. Right. 
but if people don't make the effort, that's when people usually quit. So when the boss quits on them, uh, which is when people stop making the effort to improve. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, sorry, Paul. I don't know if you were just going to say something or not. Um, But um, my friend Ken Goodrich says, what gets measured gets managed. Um, And when you, like, it's so simple, but it's so true because I do think that a couple of things to your point on all the stuff, Uncle Joe, because obviously we have, you know, quite a few uh, employees at Rhino. And I also have always felt this uh, from an accountability perspective. It is, um, I love when people accept failure. Like if you mess up, accept it because we can move faster. And also that kind of accountability um, is a value add for me. It's, I think more of that person because they're willing, they're self-aware enough or, you know, like you say, let go of their ego or pride or whatever it is to admit fault makes mm-hmm. me respect them so much more because now it's not them trying to like, they don't have their own personal agenda. They're trying to work through It's they're legit trying to solve the problem for the greater good of client fulfillment. Like, and I'm a fan of that stuff. Well, you know, when it comes to that culture, we talked about the accountability culture yeah. starts with the leader being vulnerable though, just to admit Absolutely. when they make mistakes. Like, cause if you want your, you want your people to be a model of what's possible, that's what the leader is. The leader is a model of what's possible. So if you can say, man, I screwed that deal up, guys. Let me just say how much I have to apologize to all of you because uh, this is something I just fell short on. This. I wasn't paying attention. I have a blind spot. You can just admit, admit it, right? And uh, when you admit it, then it, everybody starts supporting you. Like, no, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> you know. So the funny thing is leaders would get a lot, a lot shorter distance to where they want to go if they would just admit when they screwed things up. Yeah, I should have communicated to you guys that marketing initiative, knowing we had we did that tune up for thirty nine bucks. I should have we should have we should have did some training on that. That's my fault. Yeah. You know, it's not as opposed to blaming the guy for not selling something on a tune up deal he's got going or something like that. You know, so um, yeah, put it this way: there's no such thing as bad technicians. There's only bad dispatchers who keep giving the guy calls to do if he hasn't done the last one right. And there's no such thing as bad dispatchers. There's only bad managers who keep letting a dispatcher do that. And then there's no bad managers because there's only bad owners who keep letting the manager continue to have dysfunction unfold at the company without stopping it. Right. So it always stops with the boss or the owner of the company. So uh, the faster you take ownership of it yourself and say, this is me, I I should have, I should have seen this coming. I'm the leader of the company. I could have seen, I had a blind spot here and that's okay because that's coming to an end today. And then the faster you say that to people, the easier it is that you're taking accountability. That's, that's where accountability really starts though. The leader taking accountability before you start making the employees accountable. Does that make sense guys? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I'm tracking with you completely. And I love that you kind of went through the leader manager or the manager leader owner type of, um, like hierarchy and talking about, um, lead by example, really. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a culture that you have to create. Because I think most people are trying to be protective, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to say something I did wrong, not because they want to do anything of ill intent. It's just, I don't want to lose my job or maybe I don't want to, you know, be, um, I don't mean, maybe this uh, interrupts my you know, promotion I was about to get, whatever it is, it's, I don't think it's, sometimes, it's, you know, the intent is okay. Like if you make it, if you're going to be accountable, I think it's an absolute strength. Um, and I think as a leader, whether you're in leadership, you're in middle management, your executive team, whatever it is, you almost have to, I think, find ways to show that you're willing to also be vulnerable and say, yep, got that wrong. I got to do it like this. And that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Because that is the first evaluation. Did we train this person and did they graduate? Yeah, so you is know, it on you or not? Like, uh, did, did, did we see a proof that they, hey, we, we, we trained them for two weeks. Okay, well, did you prove it to me? And did they, we do it, we have a video of the guy doing something? Do we have a, a written test? What do we have to show that this is tangibly? Yeah, we had him work with Service Titan. Okay, did you make him go from an entire call from start to finish and make him run an invoice for a dollar? <laughs> Because if you didn't, why are you blaming the guy? You never, you never made him do it. And the guy's not going to tell you how to manage himself, right? He's like, if you want somebody to learn like service Titan, uh, then you got to measure it. You got to say, well, the measure, like I, Ken Goodrich is, I, is a genius, right? And uh, you're never going to get me to say anything bad about the guy because I love the way he accountability is built into his his blood oh, cells yeah. i mean it's oh, yeah. like i mean he, he he is the kind of guy who will call you call, call in a way he will kill you with kindness uh but even when he's talked to me a few times i'm like he's like held me accountable in a in a kind and gentle way and i'm like that's the kind of person i want to work with you know yeah because 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 they're because they're, they're, they there's no blind spots they're not afraid to tell me the truth and i respect that big time and that's why i love a guy like ken goodrich and uh, I just think he's, re- there's a reason why he's where he's at, uh, because he's not afraid of accountability. Let's put it this way. If you're a fireman and you see a fire, you run to the fire. If you're a policeman, you see a crime, you run to the crime. If you're Ken Goodrich, and you see a problem in your company, you run to that problem and you solve it. You don't, you don't run away from it to get dysfunctional. Okay. I'll go to stop it. kissing his ass because this he's episode is brought to you by <laughs> Gettle. By Gettle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, he said so many nice things about me during this podcast, so I had to <laughs> return the favor. Right, you brought right. him up. You brought him up. Room. You brought him know, up, Chris. I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. You brought him up. I didn't have to say anything. He's about already. Him, had, he's, a, he's a great guy. If you really say is. his name three times, he actually just magically appears in the studio. <laughs> so so just be it? careful. <laughs> Warning. Well, Look at Genie. Yeah, oh right. my God! All right, he's yeah. had enough airtime. Sorry, Ken. Um, <laughs> sorry, KJ. He gone. He gone. So listen, but like mistakes happen, right? So, but. You know, we also are trying to eliminate these things. So how do you, I mean, how do, how do we eliminate the human error aspect or at least how do we mitigate it as much good as question. we possibly can? Really good well, well, human errors, it's not, it's, it's always going to happen. So listen, we can't manage people. We have to manage systems. Systems are the things that make uh, errors go away. I mean, we're going to make errors. You know, every machine breaks down a little bit, but we have to recognize when we, are, are making those errors and systematically somebody should see that there's a problem. And I say transparency in a company is extremely important. The culture of transparency hmm. where it, I always, t- here's what I hear. Imagine this. I want you to imagine this. A new employee starts at Rhino strategic. And on the first day, you, Chris Rhino says, Hey, you're going to be trained in an orientation program. If you see us doing something different than we're training you, you come right to me and tell me what we're doing wrong. The new employee would hold you accountable, the major, the boss of the whole company, and tell you, yeah, the orientation says we're supposed to do this, Chris. How come everybody else is doing this instead? 
just wondering, because I'm just new. I'm not sure what I should do. Should I do the training or do what we're actually doing? You know what I'm saying? Or if you, if you, if you were vulnerable enough to have a new employee on week one, tell them that you should come to us and come to somebody when they're not doing what we're training you to do. Wow. Uh, Cause that's what I do. When I, when I onboard people, I say, you're going to ride with our existing guy who's been here for five years. Here's the, here's the benchmark sheet that you're supposed to follow. You're going to rate what he's doing on the bench. You're going to evaluate his performance based on what you're being trained to do on week one. But then the next week he's going to evaluate you see how you're doing with it because you learned it the first week so the, the responsibility of the new employee is not like watered down and just take it easy it's like get in the fire we're training you to do this you evaluate our people based on that being from the outside you have fresh eyes let us know let him know and let us know if we're falling short now that's accountability a culture of accountability right from day one employee has a responsibility to do that and they never lose that responsibility. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's yeah. how these companies grow like that. It's all these companies that grow like that, guys, they have that. They're they're just like, they're not afraid of the, the big white elephant in the room. Like, oh, we can't offend Carol. She's the owner's daughter or something. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. like, it's like, there is no Carol. There, Carol is gone she, or, or, or else she's, either she's killing it or she's gone, you know, because uh, there is no white elephant in the room. Dysfunction it's usually something based on relationships or we can't tell her that because she'll wind up quitting or she'll get, she'll start crying or whatever, you know, it'll be <laughs> yeah. some, something, something where it's like, Oh, that's why we can't follow the script. Yeah. Cause Carol's afraid to tell Jenny cause Jenny, you know, she, she's been here 20 years, you know, and then all this dysfunction is just ugh. guys like Ken Goodrich come in and they just have a, a, a knife and they cut it out. There's like, like cutting the fog out of with a knife, you know, and they just get rid of it. They you know. get rid of the fog, you know, Let, let's go deeper on that. So you talked just a moment about the importance of systems, right? And I think that's probably one theme that's been on two years of this podcast is the importance of establishing and executing against systems. The only thing that screws systems up are people, coworkers, clients, customers. Otherwise the systems are great. <laughs> Well, you know, this is the dysfunction from humans. Yeah, the system has to be functional enough to stop humans when they make a mistake. So example of this, we teach people in our training, you probably have gone over what we do, but uh, number one, make a friend with a customer and use and get on a first name basis. One of the most basic fundamentals I believe in is to know your customer so they feel like you're walking with them on this call. You're not, you're not under them or over them you're the same. You're just two human beings trying to uh, fix the same problem. We're on the same side of the problem. You and I trying to get you comfortable, right? right? Number two, make premium mid-range economy options so people can make a choice on what they want to do. The one that's permanent, the one that's kind of professional, and the one that's temporary. And make them, give them the choice of all those. And then number three, bring it to a conclusion. So if you teach somebody in a three-week course that we, we have like on our service MVP, we have a three-week course that we do for all of our clients. They come to us. We do kickstart, three-week training, check in twice a week, role play it, and then they graduate. And we get a video and they get a certificate with my signature. So if they do that, you know, then uh, then we have the – now they are trained. So now the dispatcher has been trained as well to watch call-by-call call dispatch. So we give the guy a call to do, right? And here's the system. Uh 
And then, like, uh, you know, you probably heard Dave Gauger, who was one of my other, and to drop another name, right? Another person I helped uh, with Horizon Services for, like, uh, over, you know, 10 years. We worked with them. Shout out to DG. Uh, Dave, Dave has a famous phrase, and it's called inspect what you expect, right? Inspe- inspect what you expect. So at the end of the call, the dispatcher looks at, before. You, so before you give somebody another call, number one, tell, and the service titan, turn down, turn off the automatic dispatch that has to go because you still need a human being to make sure that the, the technician has the customer's name built into the options. He made the options Preach. and then he brought, he brought it to a conclusion, right? So if, uh, if the dispatcher notices that uh, it wasn't done, then the dispatcher would say, Hey, Billy, good job. You sold 500 bucks. And that's really not bad. Um, but here's a problem. Uh, we have a, we have an opportunity to improve actually. What's that? Uh, pull your truck over and fix your pricing sheet because you don't have the customer's name in it. Oh, right now I got to do that. What's my next call? There is no next call, Billy, until you do that. That's that's, what, no that's next what you got to. That's, like that's that. what you're doing. You're doing this right now. The title. You know, there so, is no so next call, Billy. If somebody if somebody didn't get the payment, like, oh, I did. It. I see you did everything except for get the payment, Billy. Yeah, poor Billy. We're using the name Billy, right? Poor guy. But. Uh, but, you know, it's like, Billy, I see you didn't get the payment. Good job, except for you didn't get the payment. I know, but they, the customer, couldn't. they left before I could go back. That's okay. The next call is real easy. What is it? It's a U-turn. Go back and wait for the person. <laughs> they get, have a seat. We got to get paid. We can't leave, right? So uh, there's something really simple fundamentals, but that's why I'm telling you. You see, when the dispatcher, most people think dispatching is like a car dealer. You just get a lot more calls. The hardest part of dispatching is stopping people like a traffic cop to make sure they don't just get something else to do. And that's why it takes a real person to do that. So that's part of the system. Now, even the person who dispatches wouldn't even dispatch the call if it wasn't prioritized by customer service. So if that person didn't prioritize it, they'd say, hey, Jenny, you forgot to give me a priority score on that call. So go do that before I can dispatch it. But otherwise you're gonna have to reschedule that customer. And that puts the burden on the person who created the problem. So you see what accountability means? It means putting the burden on the person who created the problem to fix their own problem. Does that make sense? You know, mow your own lawn before you start bringing the grass over here. Let's make it, let's get this thing done. Make sense guys. <laughs> it, it does. So, you know, for the clients that you've coached who kind of have this culture of accountability embedded into the DNA of their company, what does an average day, you know, what's it look like at that company average day in the life? Well, let's say you're a service technician. The average day would be to say, uh, I'm ready, texting your dispatcher, I'm ready for my first call. And the dispatcher would say, I didn't get the video of your truck being clean yet. Uh, Show me the video, send the video to me and I'll be happy to give you the first call. Pumping the brakes Uh, real quick. Hold on. Time out. (laughs) I'm tempted to let you just keep going because I like where it's going, but that's a real thing. And companies do that. And they get over the hump of feeling like invasive. There, there's like the technician says, my name is I'm, uh, I'm Joe Crisera, truck number 27. Here is the back of the truck. Here is the front of the truck. It is ready to go. I'm ready for my first call. And that's what they do. And because wow. uh, if you don't do it, you're spending three hours the next day cleaning trucks out, you know? Right. Uh, is so, that normal? You know, is this normal? Like, well, it's not normal for, it's only probably, five percent of the whole okay that's what i was asking okay i mean well because because why 
Well, because we can't have the guy do that. That's Bill's, that's Bill's nephew. His truck's the worst. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the thing that gets in the way of it? It's dysfunctional relationships that we coddle, we enable it. And then the guy, you know, what happens is the owner turns into an alcoholic because like, I can't even tell anybody anything around here. You know, it's like, I'm just eating my own disease and having these problems. I can't even fix it. And they start getting unproductive, spending time at the bar and all kinds of stuff because they, but when they used to have bars. <laughs> that you, that you could go to, <laughs> but you know that's that's what happens. That's 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 the that's the dysfunctional cycle because they bring it home at night, argue with your wife because you, you're feeling bad about work. Because what are you feeling bad about? Uh, you're feeling bad because you you don't have these systems. You, you don't you're not, you're not creating high leverage activities. High leverage activities mean that you do something, or else you just don't get your call. You know, and then what happens is that the employee the first time it happens is like. He he brought like I'm, you're doing it in private. You're not holding people accountable in front of everybody. Yeah. He, he's he's at his house with his truck, or he's at the shop with the truck, and he's by himself in the truck. And you're like, hey, you got to take the video before I give you a call. Uh, oh shit, really? Yeah, this is real then, huh? It's your first day. You might as well make the video. Make your first video. Are you want me to come out there and help you? No, I got it. I got it. Okay, good. Then do it. And then they do it. And then he tells everybody else, like, I can't believe what they made me do here today. What's that? They made me take a video of my truck to make sure it was clean. Well, what'd you do? I cleaned the truck, so I couldn't get a call. How much? What am I supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? So um, <laughs> you might call it, you know, and you might say, you know, right now, right about now, people are like, this sounds like it's like adult daycare, like you're doing for people, right? The truth is, this is the number one service of management in the company is to support the team, to hold them accountable, and to and to uh, create discipline in a company, right? What is discipline? Discipline is not bad. Would you say the Marines are bad? They have discipline, right? Name an organization that has self-discipline that is a bad organization, right? Uh, every one of them that have self-discipline are uh, powerful. That, that's what creates power in organizations is when they have self-discipline. And self-discipline is just one of those things that uh, makes accountability work. It's like one of those uh, mortar between the bricks of accountability. Make sense? Yeah, it does. And I want to take you back because I interrupted you. So back to the day in the life of an accountable company, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they've sent in the video of their truck. Then what? Then he goes to his call and uh, the dispatcher looks at this, looks at a series of undispatched calls. She assigns the best rated call to the best rated technicians. Uh, and then if the, if the call was not rated by the CSR, you send it back to her to get it rated. It's just real comfortable. Oh, you forgot one, Margaret. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Jenny. I'll go ahead and rate that. I'll go call the customer and rate that one again. I forgot to put the rating on there. Yeah, that's okay. Just go ahead and do it for me. And then it's it's really nice and easy. Nobody's angry. You can hear a pin drop in the office like Horizon Services when they were killing it, when they were doing their thing, right? When you go to a place like Horizon, when they're doing 270 million, you wouldn't even know the place is doing 2 million because everybody's doing their job. And that's what that's the point of it. It's like, Man, shouldn't there be more drama around here? No, everybody's doing the job right. Why would we need more drama? You know, and so everything that goes wrong is something that the system needs to fix. Not not people. People are part of the system, but the system needs to catch it, and then we fix it. Right? Trucks are dirty and crashed. We got to have a truck inspection system. How often? Every day. You know, uh, your 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 truck went, truck went on the side of the road and blew up. Well, we have a truck. Uh, we have a truck uh, system to be able to. Uh, pull pull out the thing in the in the dashboard that we in, under your in your glove compartment that tells you the procedure for when the truck breaks down. What do you do? 
Uh, we have to get road flares. We have to make sure it's safe. We have to pull up to try and get the car truck off to the side somewhere. Call this towing company, <laughs> uh, get an Uber, whatever. And there's a one, two, three, four, five things to do. And it should be by design. Because once your truck breaks down, how many times do you want to have to call the boss every time before somebody documents this thing? Now, here's the good news. The documentation, like, you know, uh, Michael Gerber and all these people talk about, something that the employee can do and not something that you have to have the boss doing. Just tell the, just tell the employee, get a pen and paper and write this down about how well, what happens when a truck breaks down or what happens when this happens. So the guy goes on his job. He does everything he's supposed to do. He gets the job done. It's actually about the most boring thing to do. Uh, the only thing that's exciting is talking to customers and having fun and laughing with customers. Other than that, uh, the, the normal normal job is just uh, like driving a car to go, to go to Starbucks. There's nothing special about it. Just We just get there, we find a parking spot, and we get our stuff and do it, just like a normal machine, the Starbucks machine, right? We get our latte or coffee or whatever it is we get, right? What it's it's, actually, actually, it's unspectacular. If you've seen yeah. a company that works like this, You'd be like, you, you, if you could, you could sit there in the office and watch it, and you wouldn't know what's going on because so everything's happened automatically. There's no, there's no like drama. There's nobody disagreeing. There's nobody who's not compliant. Everybody's going with the flow on the thing. Makes yeah, sense. Remember we went to, um, remember we went to mid. We, you and I went to Bobby Jenkins' place. Oh, it's the first thing I thought of, man. I, mm-hmm. I'll yeah. never forget that. We walked on his campus. That's essentially what it is. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. have you ever heard of this guy, Bobby Jenkins, before, Joe? No, no. So flies under the radar. Flies under the radar. Big guy. Austin, you know, Austinite of the year, like big player. But this dude does everything. <laughs> HVAC, plumbing, electrical, solar, Christmas lights. Pe- pest control. Actually, he started with like pest control Cut is the main thing. Cuts mm-hmm. your grass, hang your Christmas lights, does home security, like does all this stuff. And that sounds like why are you doing everything? But it's all compartmentalized. You know, but, mm-hmm. but when you walked, the reason I brought that up is when you, when Paul and I walked in, he'd invite us down to Austin and we went out and we walked in his, like, well, I'm going to call it an office. It's a campus. And it was like a well-oiled machine, but those phones never stopped. Stop. It was like mm-hmm. on, it was a humming ongoing, of phones nonstop. And in a place like that, you can hear this. I call it the symphony of CSR. Yes. The script being followed, the same phrases, the same questions. Uh, it's, you can, it's music. When you hear somebody like not doing it right, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> and then we take the CSR and say, Hey, Janet, I saw you're a little bit off script, take the script and go in the conference room and read it five times and then come back and we'll role play it before you go back on the phones. That's what it sounds like in a place like that. They don't just say, get follow the script. That's a shortcut. They say, Hey, Janet, I got some room. I see some room for improvement. Uh, take the script, go in the conference room, practice it five times and come and get me. I want to hear it one more time before you go back on the phones. There's got to be a consequence of doing something because you didn't do it right, right the first time. Everybody's got to do it right if they didn't do it right. And they got to repeat it and show me and graduate again. Make sense? Yeah, and it's not a negative. It's a total positive because you're, you're, you, yeah. that's constructive criticism is what you're doing. You want to see you're... people who are better self-esteem than anybody. My boss cares enough to take that time and, yep. and coach me. Uh, I mean, every basketball player, like I'm going to go to a team that's got a good coach that can make me better. What's going to make it better? Working on it. That's what can make it better. <laughs> not, not, not letting me free range. Free ranging leads to nothing, you know? Yeah. 
free range is good for chickens but not good for technicians or or office people on a service service company so so the the example you gave of the technician showing a video of his truck and saying you know hey i'm ready for my first call is the perfect example do you have maybe one or two more of those kind of later through the day that are oh, yeah are just yeah functional? let's say let's say we sell a job and the guy says yeah i got this job sold i got the money here's the options and all it's all, it's all looking perfect okay uh do we do we finish the job no uh, we have to go back and install the parts. Okay, did you schedule it? No. Well, then go back and schedule the job. We can't we, we can't order parts until you put the job on the schedule. But I don't know when the parts are coming in. We'll find out from the vendor when the parts are coming in and then schedule it for the day after that. If the parts come in sooner, we'll call the customer. So go ahead and do that right now. Uh, so that's one of those things, right? A sales guy sells a big job. Oh, I just sold a $40,000 job, Mike. Great. Where's the where's all the information? The pictures and the information, the manual J and everything. Where's that stuff? Oh, I'm, I haven't done that yet. Well, then don't schedule. You haven't sold the job yet until you do that. Uh, we can't schedule a job. Listen to this. And hear me clear. Underline it. Asterisk. Put it in bold. We won't schedule the job, Mike John, unless you get all the information we need. What? I'm like, uh, but I already left the house. Oh, the next call is really easy then. That's a U-turn again? Yeah, you got it. U-turn again. It's like, I'm always doing U-turns. Well, you know, you do less U-turns if you did the job right the first time. You know that? And then it's, you can have fun with it. It doesn't have to be like, you know, like the end of the world. See, you wouldn't get laugh or angry. You'd laugh at that. You wouldn't get angry at that. You know, it's kind of funny I'm making the guy do that. You know, the, the angry part is when I let it go. And now, now we're on the job, but we don't have the parts and materials because the guy never got it. He never took the pictures. And now we got guys out there flying blind on installations. They're going to take two days and we figured six hours because we never got the material because we're waiting, waiting all day for materials that the guy should have got to begin with. Right. So there's so many examples, guys, so many powerful uh, leverage examples of things that go wrong in a company. And that's my superpower. My superpower is looking at a company and knowing what's going to go wrong before they do. I can see, I can see things because I've been doing this for 44 years and I've been in companies that did it wrong, including my own. I've also, I've also designed companies, including my own that did it right too. And uh, that's why I have such special admiration for some of these guys like Ishmael Valdez and, you know, people who really uh, know how to get their, uh, the systems in place that, uh, allow that don't allow you to do an install until we have all the information we need make sense yeah did did you if you don't mind me asking did you coach ishmael yeah we work with his team mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I didn't coach him as he was going from zero to 30 million no i mean yeah but he, he's he's uh he's taken on our services the funny thing is what i found is that several leaders at his company joined him and they were, they took our training with other companies and uh, they joined his company and brought our system to him. So he, he was unknowingly using, using our system. And then my name start coming up with all the men. Oh, that guy's part of the service Avengers. Yeah. That's the guy I was telling you about. <laughs> it's like, it. So it's kind of in a back, a back end way. Uh, you know, so a lot like his, his manager, Kevin, the plumbing manager, he took our training like 10 years ago and kept using it and that type of stuff, you know? So, uh, so it's like kind of a thing. Makes sense. Got it. Yeah, I, I ask just because in the short time I've gotten to know Ishmael, you know, through the the through the podcast, like he is really, really a strong operator, but he's also like a really gifted leader. And I think that's kind of what's what makes him unique. And that's why he's kind of doing what he's doing. But like he his processes are dialed in. It's not as Wild West as I thought it was. Well, there's a guy there's a guy who operates with uh, gr kindness and grace. 
and uh, if somebody makes a mistake, he has a support. As long as they're giving an effort, he will he will have people's back as long as they're making an effort. Mistakes are allowed, but uh, make an effort to fix your own mistake before I catch. Right. If you catch, you know, he expects you to catch your own mistake before I do. That's what he because if he you know he'll find somebody with a mistake, but if they fix their own mistake, he'll he'll he'll, he'll, have, he'll have a day in their honor because because <laughs> he didn't have to fix it. Make sense? That's pretty yeah. much it. Hey, weren't you just out like this? Paul's in Charlotte. Weren't you just over that way doing a training? I was. I was at the uh, Gem Air. Oh, that's we right. had a a day, one day of training, and Paul was there for a little bit, and I met Tall Paul. We had took a picture together. And a little half hug. The hi- highlight of my life. It was uh, crazy. I was. I'm still. Oh, but I didn't. I haven't washed my whole left side. Oh, it was Lord. <laughs> well, next time we meet, um, I'm going to give you a full hug because we we were talking to Keith Mercurio earlier, and, and he convinced Chris and I both just to go for the full man embrace. Just that's what you need to do. That's I exactly do full it. hugs. Thank you very much. Like, I just okay. with, with you know some if with different. Females. Keith like, is a good. Keith know, is a good friend too. He's a great. And you know that radiant plumbing diner man. Uh, you know Brad Casebier. Uh, I knew him, I knew him before he did the service business, and they were clients of ours too. And they they put those systems in place. We got him started on it. And he finished it obviously uh, on his own. But the, the, another great company, Brad and Sarah Casebier, just great people. And uh, I, I don't want to name drop all day long, but there's some really great people. I was I've been just fortunate that I've been associated like you guys. You know. True. A quick shout out to S and D down there in Austin. Yeah. I mean, you're um, you're kind of okay, you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Paul's, you, you know, Paul's okay. Stop blowing up Paul's ego too. Like, listen, let's try to keep him keep him down low. Keep me oh, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> keep me humble. He's my hero. Oh man, keep going. I'm sorry, my mic's not working. I'll just sit here and listen. Well, this one's never gonna make it there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, spe- speaking of Keith and, and case case beer, is it the case beers? Yeah, case beers. They have got to be nuts to hire someone like that to work with them because he's an exceptional, gifted, just mediator. Next level. Yeah, another level. So they're crazy. So he's a great guy. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Brad's the kind of guy. Brad's the kind of guy who has always been from the day I met him. Always trying his his main goal: fire himself and get employees to be the star. He facilitates it. That's his. That's his. That's why they're so successful. Him and Sarah. They don't put them. Their ego's not their amigo. They put their people first and just like Ishmael does, they know the people are the people pulling, they're pulling, they're pulling the weight and uh, they give them special credit. There's a guy named Woody there who's a plumber. I first met them uh, before he turned him into a guy who does over $3 million a year, a plumber. He's just a great guy. He's got, he's got an English accent. Everybody thinks, well, he just sells stuff because he's got an English accent. It helps. <laughs> and, and, it, helps. And it does, it does help. Right. But uh, having the, knowing the options and making the options personal, he does a great job with that. So some really great people down there. Yes. Uh, so many great people. Well, so um, let's talk about this for just a second. Hmm? Just because you made me think, think about this. You, Paul, you ever noticed, I don't know, because my kids play soccer. If their coach has a, any sort of accent, that's anything other than like, you know, being here in America, if it's, if it's Spanish, if they got some Spanish, if it's, if it's, uh, if they're English, if they're Irish, if they're Australian, it doesn't matter. If you got an mm-hmm. accent, you're immediately better. Like oh, it's yeah. unfair advantage. He's definitely smarter for sure. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alan O'Neill, Alan O'Neill from, um, Abacus. Mm-hmm. Great company down in, I mean, Houston monster company, old customer of ours. Great guy, but he's got that accent, man. Um, so, okay, I'm going to go ahead and tie this back in because we're about 45 minutes into the podcast, but I want to go ahead and end with this. I think it's a good thing to end with this. We talked about all this accountability. What does it look like? Um, the H, I think you said HLA, right? Is it HLA? What? 
HLA. Is that what the acronym is? High leverage activities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. HLA. But how does this, all this affect the bottom line? Like at the end of the day, that's what is most important is we are trying to run businesses that have a healthy bottom line. So how does all this stuff we're talking about today, uh, affect the bottom line and what's the payoff uncle Joe? I mean, I have my perception of what the payoff is, but how does it like, tell me, give me, give me the goods. How does it affect the bottom line? What's the payoff? Well, because, uh, you know, there was, there was a movement back in the early two thousands and actually in the nineties, even to create, uh, called, uh, billable hour efficiency or efficiency in a company. Right. And so when you have these high leverage activities, uh, you know, people knew what the system should be back in the 90s and two, early 2000s, but they didn't have the accountability factor built into it. So although the systems were there, nobody was inspecting what they're expecting, except for guys like Dave Gauger, who put it in place and said, we're not going to allow people to get something else to do unless they do the right thing to begin, to begin with. And so when there are some examples in this, now, now it's leaking out massively, um, that's why we see some of these young people going from zero to 30 million in five years, because they starting out with that culture, they're, they were, they were brought up in that culture and now it's just normal for them. Right. Um, uh, most of the people who started with my generation started with their dad, who was, you know, awful. There's a plumber who didn't know how to do anything. Right. And, uh, so that's it. So I think the bottom line is this, the bottom line is it allows you to become an investor in your business because you have deta- creates a little semi-detachment a little bit because you have a system you're watching over. You're not individually living and dying with every single person, their success or their failures. You're looking at the system as a whole, the KPIs, which you'll know, measure it. Uh, the KPIs will tell you where the machine's starting to break down. Uh, get, get your manager to do something about it rather than making it your problem as the owner. Uh, hey, Bill, did you notice your department? You know, did you look at the conversion rate. Oh, geez, what do you got planned for that? Yeah, I'm going to have a, a meeting on uh, getting our connection stronger. I'm noticing that the connection is not good with our customers. They're not using the first name. All right, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a meeting with everybody tomorrow on that. And we're going to have them graduate on that tomorrow. And then immediately things change the next day. So in companies like this, here's, here's the output. Companies like this can fail for a day, but they can't fail for a week. It doesn't, fa- it doesn't fail for a week. It fails for like one day and it's like, all right, back on track tomorrow. We have coaching scheduled with 15 people. <laughs> with different timeframes and the, the manager got to go to work to get people back on track. Right. Um, and so, then you're you're, so you're not waiting. So you're not waiting. You're like, no, there's no. No, there's, it's immediate. It's in these kind of companies. It happens. There's dysfunction. If you, you, if you, if it's a massive dysfunction at nine o'clock in the morning, you'll be having lunch with your manager today right now. If it's something that's a mild dysfunction, it's like, they're going to stop you in real time and correct it. If you had a crappy attitude, then you're meet, meet with your manager tomorrow morning at seven 15 or something like that. Uh, so that's kind of what it feels like in these companies. And out of, out of the end of it is uh, the owner can then be an investor, which means that an investor means the main goal is to get a return on the investment. And so that's where profit is now possible because you're now looking at it from outside the bottle as opposed to being inside the bottle where you can't read the label, right? When you're inside the bottle, you can't read the label. When you're outside of it as an investor, you can see what's wrong. Instead of hiring a consultant like me, who teaches you how to do this, you can be the consultant for your own company. That's really what it comes down to. And uh, that's my goal is to make people not be dependent on me, 
But the funny thing is, as they get bigger, even like Dave, they got bigger and bigger and bigger. They still needed me because then I just developed new systems as we got bigger. <laughs> so, so it was like, so it's like, even when you try to get rid of me, you can't because uh, as you get bigger, you become a different kind of company. And that, now you need different kinds of systems. So I have the next system ready to go for people who I need it. Makes sense. Yeah, sure does. Were you going to say something, Paul? You're just, no, no, figure, you're just trying to figure out how to work your microphone. I think, I think sustainable, sustainable growth and profitable growth. Uh, my goal is a 25% net profit after taxes. That's what my goal is for everybody. Uh, and that and that means the owner got paid for his job he's doing and everybody got paid a salary and money, uh, you know, quarter of a million, half a million a year. Uh, there's salespeople who are making a million a year with this program that we do. Um, but then, you know, the return on investment for the company is still there too. You got to make uh, money so the company can reinvest some of the profit. They can handle emergencies that go wrong. They can buy new software and technology. Uh, pay for new marketing initiatives and uh, different things that we're going to test and try that aren't uh, new, new, trying to innovate new ideas. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff to do with profit. Profit isn't something that just goes in your pocket. M- most of the profit, as you guys know, goes right back in that company. Even though you got a stack of dollars, you're like, well, dollars, dollars ain't doing nothing sitting here. We got to put it to work and see if we can get this stuff to go. And let's start placing more ads. Let's start getting more uh, make that university. Now we got the money to build that university to develop our people and that type of stuff. That's what, that's what happens to profit. You become like Tommy Mello with your own garage door university in 30 days. You take a guy who's uh, you know, delivering UPS packages and he's doing garage door repairs in 30 days, you know, because he has a university. He's got like, I don't know, six teachers at that place. It's like, yeah. it's literally a university of garage doors. It's just amazing. Yeah, you know? his, so, his, Tommy's my friend. Obviously I've been over there. His, his whole like office built back warehouse part is a full on. They look like little oh, miniature garages and everybody's working. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a template for success. I mean, now that's a place that's clearly easy to see what's needed. The unit go, go to that university and see what we're going to do. Take that and template it onto any trade. And it would just be, this is what we need. Uh, do your smaller version of it now, but eventually it's going to be the big version of it because people development is the number one thing. And Tommy will tell you that, that recruiting and people development is the biggest thing. Yeah. So listen, creating a culture of accountability creates a uh, healthy bottom line. Is that fair? (laughs) It is. And it's something that's uh, the bottom line sustains itself. So instead of having to look for outside investors, the investor is actually your customer who is investing in your future services right now by buying service agreements and stuff like that, that are much bigger than they normally would have bought. So that's like when I, I was in debt back in 1992 for $250,000 and I figured out that I should sell multiple year service agreements, uh, five years up on repairs and up to 12 years on replacements. And my customer financed my recovery. They paid in two years. I was debt free because I had no investor who would give somebody who's in debt 200, but they wouldn't give them any money. So I had to recover from that debt from my customers buying service agreements and warranties from me. And that, and by the way, once I got out of debt, I'm like, now I can become profitable. But the systems I learned how to do uh, from some of the customers that taught me this, what I do, um, they were kind enough to uh, smile on me and teach me what to do with this stuff. And and there's plenty of other people too. Frank Blau, every, I mean, so many different people that I've mentored. George Brazil, it's like a who's who of, I've been like Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's like, it's like, if I told you all the people I knew and associated with it, like, yeah, I knew him. I, we, we used to, Frank, Frank Blau told me I was charging too little when I was the first time I met him, you know? And so, uh, 
it's like a who's who of contracting. I've been, uh, I'm, I'm still contemporary with the younger guys, but still know the older guys too. So I'm kind of like the mixed the crossover, both of them, you know? Yeah, so, man, you don't make it this long by like, you don't make it this long by, you know, being bogus, like, or being you know, not working. And obviously you've got good credibility because what you do, what you um, train, what you teach, all those things, as long as they're applied work, like some of these things don't need, you don't need to reinvent that. You just need to do it. But a lot of times, you know, you're listening right now to it might seem over like a lot of things that that Joe's saying might seem overwhelming. And guess what? So is running nonstop with a thin bottom line that you're barely getting by on. Like that's overwhelming. So choose one way or the other. But my goodness, like you have so much training and so much opportunity to scale and grow your company strategically, figure out how to put these systems in place figure out how to put these processes in place, how to manage them, how to manage your managers. All this stuff is available to you to help run your business better. Sales sometimes is the easy part, right, Joe? Like that can be the easy part. It's in what's all the shit that's behind it that's keeping the machine going can be the difficult part. Well, you know, I, I can help cut through the BS a little bit here. You know, like uh, it was Admiral McRaven, you know, from the United States military. He, he, he said, success begins by being able to, you know, like they wouldn't give you a rifle and say, go fight a war if you couldn't even shine your shoes or make your bed, you know, so, so making your bed is like the first signal that this person can actually do. He's competent at something. Uh, and then he keeps his shoes shined. Okay. Now we're going to run in big holes and stuff like that. And now it's like, you don't give you a rifle, like right out of boot camp. You know, it's like, it's like, you have to go on the shooting range. You have to get trained and you have to graduate. You have to show us you can use that rifle before we actually put you into battle. Right. So, uh, but starts with making the bed. We wouldn't even put you into the shooting range if you didn't, couldn't make a bed. How are you going to, how are you going to assemble a rifle or get the rifle clean if you can't keep your shoes clean? You follow me on that? Yep. So that's, so you guys at the, who are in the contracting business, what's the equivalent of that? You know, the equivalent would be keeping that truck clean. You know, if you can't, can't maintain your own truck, why are we giving you tools that you're going to trash and things like that? And, you know, it doesn't make sense to give somebody tools that can't keep their own tools. I'm going to give him my company tools and look at his own tools right now. There's no way I can get this guy needs to get trained on how to manage his tools. You would think that anybody should know how to do that. Well, that's the training system, how to manage your tools to make sure you show me every day you have the right tools and the truck is clean and everything's ready to go because that's making your bed in the contracting industry. Does it's principle. Sense? It's it principle. Yeah. Like it's just, it's principle. Just let me see that you can do the basics. <laughs> you can't do that. How can I give you people <laughs> exactly. to talk to today? <laughs> it's so simple. Like, yeah. What I'm hearing is you can't have systems without accountability and you can't have accountability without systems or you shouldn't. Yeah. And then start with the smallest system though, Paul, too. Not just the, don't pick out the hardest one, like the options and all that kind of stuff. Like do something simple, like, you know, come in every time you come in, give me your paperwork and let me inspect it before you get your first call or something like that. Or, you know, take a look at that truck. If it's not clean, clean it before you get the next call. You don't just get your first call. You got to make sure it's clean. Right. So uh, before, before I, before I schedule a job for a salesperson, give me all the information. And then I, once I have the information, now we can put it on the schedule because we're not going to schedule something where we don't have the information you write at that point. So these are things that are just low hanging fruit that right now, I know it's like pornography for contractors, right? Like, <laughs> right. yeah, we should, I mean, like I make the sales guy do this. Yeah, you can. Cause otherwise you won't give any more calls that that's the, that's the currency. You get another call when you did the last one, right? That's the, that's the currency you're getting paid with. Love it. You know, well, listen, and, and first off, Uncle Joe, thanks for coming back on the show. It's we're already like an hour into this thing. 
That oh went super fast, right? I, I, didn't even get pay, I didn't even get paid overtime on this. It one. went Let's super fast. Let's do this. one more. Let's run that back. Super fast. Um, but again, obviously, like, appreciate your time. Obviously, I know you're uh, incredibly busy too. And I know all the prep that goes into these shows. And like, I know you're probably in the thick of it too with uh, True Grit coming up. So, but again, thanks, man. We appreciate you coming on. Well, not a day goes by where I don't think about and appreciate you guys. I'm oh, listening man, to every that. podcast and I can't, I, I can't recommend your podcast high enough. If, if there's anything that somebody could do to be successful, it'd be going, get the to the point podcast and make sure you listen to every single episode, go back in the beginning and listen to all of them till your ears bleed. I like, I like you, <laughs> Joe. That'd be my recommendation. Joe, for everybody. Like go ahead and, you could cut that out and put it up there for a testimony. There we go. To. That's pretty solid. I, I, you know what? I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. Review, well, so let's go. It's gold. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> let's do I Thank you so much. Seriously. I appreciate that. Um, I really do. I, uh, I want to, um, go ahead and have you just share real quick with our listeners if they want to can, get in touch you and hear more. Um, first, so let's do that and then I'll talk and then I'll go ahead and wrap. Sure. Well, you can go to, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you go to servicemvp.com, servicemvp.com, or you can call us uh, or text us. Uh, if you want to call us, it's 877-764-6304, 877-764-6304. Make that phone call. And uh, we have our, we have our customer service rep and dispatcher who will take those calls and distribute it to the right people. And what I offer everybody, here's what I'll do. I'll give everybody a special bonus. Anybody who want, part of this, who listens to this podcast all the way to the end, like you did, right. uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I'll give you a free tour and test drive personally. I'll take you for a tour of what we do, give you a test drive so you can try it for free. My, the idea I have guys have people make money first before I ask you to invest anything in me. That's what I want people to do. That's oh. what that's, I want to make sure that there's not a day in your life where you feel like I owe you something, but there's going to be plenty of days in your life. You feel like you owe me more. That's what I, that's <laughs> that's what I want, I want my clients in. to, I want my clients to feel like they underpaid. That's a good what I want them to, to feel in. like. Makes sense. Yeah. So take advantage of yeah. listeners. Like he just threw it out there. Like, you know, you listened to, you took the time to make it this far. You might as well go ahead and reach out and see what else, you know, Joe's clearly got a great reputation because he's earned it. He's helped a lot of companies grow. So take advantage of it. You made it this far. Like you spent an hour listening to this, like take advantage. Um, and the other, if for some reason, if you don't do that and you would rather go to, again, like um, you know, Joe's event that he's putting on with True Grit service, uh, service Sales Summit in Vegas, again, that's September 22nd through 24th. Um, Tall Paul and myself will be there. I'm speaking on day two. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but there's a lot, going to Vegas. There's, there's a lot of uh, so much incredible talent. That's going to be there that, like I said, in the beginning, there's no way you don't walk out of this thing with something that can move a boulder out of the way that can uh, have a massive impact on your business. There's just no way. So, um, true. Grit, hey, Joe, what's, if somebody wants to, to go and register for true grit, what is there? Like, what's the website? I don't know what the address is or oh, the service sales summit.com is the actual address of the uh, signup page and the, uh, the all the word things there are there. But if you go to servicemvp.com, there's also a banner that says True Grit there too. Okay, perfect. And on Facebook, of course, you can't get away from it. It's, I'm everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> right, Facebook. right. He's pretty much on Facebook. You'll yeah. see it there if all you go to Facebook. Yeah, but yeah, but if you, uh, hey, if you guys want to be there, we'll get a self. How about this? Everybody that comes from this podcast, selfie with Chris, Paul, and myself. That's power right there, right? <laughs> Christmas. I'm not sure if that's a, is that a promise or a threat? Christmas I'm not sure card. which one it is. <laughs> Christmas card, Christmas oh, card status. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you, Joe. I appreciate what you do for the industry. I appreciate what you've done for our own customers, you know, and helping them grow. Cause obviously the bigger they grow, the bigger we grow. And uh, I'm in the business to grow. So, and it's, you know, yeah, inadvertently you're actually helping uh, me grow as well. So thank you. 
Appreciate that my, so much. My pleasure. Yeah. And stay tuned for the Rhino and and Uncle and the Service MVP partnership. That's future. right. We're going to work on right. that still, yeah, too. We're, we promised to do it, but we're going to make sure we solidify That's that right. too. I can't wait. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Let's go ahead and make a big old announcement. Like let's, let's get we'll make a good announcement in Las Vegas. So you'll have to just wait until then. So listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. Joe, I want to go ahead and share a review that I always do um, at the end of the podcast. And it is another five-star review from Mitchell Salas. Uh, he left on July 29th. Just implement exclamation point. That's the, that's like the header line, Paul, yeah. just Dang. implement. Um, hallelujah. Um, the information shared in this podcast is life changing. Just implement the wisdom shared and watch your business grow, period. Thanks to the Rhino family. That's pretty badass. I Thanks, like Mitchell. It. And by the way, Mitchell just came on in a big way as a customer of Rhino. So uh, welcome to the Rhino family, Mitchell. Uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for continuing to listen. And if you just listen to Joe talk, uh, you just read a, you just read some, uh, you know, a way to connect with them. You already listened this far. Connect with them. Okay. Yep. He's in a, he's got a, he's on like a rocket ship. His business is doing great down there. So listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. And again, leave those reviews. We love that type of stuff. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and it comes to you automatically. And if you want to help your friends out that are also in the trades, share the podcast with them. Hey, Joe, real quick, um, real quick question before I, I leave is, is, is there any, um, is there a better, cause we have a, a kind of a variety of listeners from HVAC to plumbing to electrical, to garage doors, to roofing, to pest control, that listeners podcast is true grit more geared towards the mechanical stuff. Like what, tell me, is it, or is it kind of like, Hey man, if you're any of those things, it, it's a fit for you. If you are, a, if you're a service business that sells service, you know, you pack, if you're an accountant, you would learn how to run that business in a decisive, uh, profitable, scalable way. So, uh, no matter what kind of service business, it is a universal principles. And, uh, I don't think there's anybody that we're not going to have any technical jargon or, classes on HVAC or duct cleaning or things like that. This is going to be basically universal principle. Like I'm going to do a class myself on how to make zoom presentations. And I'm going to show you how to use zoom about 10 different ways uh, from even developing your people, whether it's inspecting what they're doing in the truck or doing a thing where you're making a presentation, lead turnovers doing zoom. So that kind of thing is technology that would scale to any kind of a business. That would have been a great podcast. uh, That would have been a great topic for podcasts. Well, next time, if this one's popular, you never know. Well, I'm going to wait and see how it goes at True Grit, and then we'll go from there. So I'm going to try to make the cut, you know what I'm saying? All right, we appreciate you guys. Hey, Tall Paul, thanks uh, so much for your time, and Uncle Joe, appreciate you so much. Until next time, listeners, we'll see you. Thank you, guys. So thank you, guys, really, seriously.